0: I'm going to follow behind Frank and put my scribbled notes on the plane right right here in front of me. Um, when I saw the first draft of this agenda, I said, "Peter, you have three people doing welcomes. Just take me off." And I thought he had, but then I opened it last week and I saw I was back on. So my comments will be brief. We have obviously a lot of knowledge in this room, and we want to get to that as soon as possible. Um, before I begin, I first like to introduce Mike Smith. Mike Smith is the program director for education at the Hewlett Foundation. He has very much spearheaded the work at Hewlett in the open educational resources area, which is an area that we've been investing in over the past five years. And as as the foundation and the trustees and the president have supported the work that the program staff have done in open educational resources, our end goal has really been to try to equalize access to knowledge. So that's the big high- level goal of which we drill down every day to figure out how do we make a difference to reach that goal. And not only are we trying to equalize access to knowledge, but it's really about improving teaching and learning. Um, what we know now is that the world is changing very quickly, very dynamically, as uh, Fred, excuse me, Frank just mentioned. And when we take the world of a journalist and how quick and dynamic and innovative the world is, how are our institutions keeping up to the changes that are happening? And if we look at the world of both K-12 in the United States and higher institutions, we haven't yet integrated technology in what we know is happening with students in their home lives, which is very separate. So in some ways, we now have these separate um, but parallel tracks going on. And the question is, how do we begin to integrate it so that we can really create a robust system of teaching and learning. So we have um, all the video that is happening, completely engaging, completely participatory, It's exactly what kids love. It teaches them, they become the producers of knowledge and not just the empty vessels, which are the consumers of knowledge and it creates uh, a completely different dynamic and then putting them up on YouTube and MySpace. But we haven't yet integrated that into the classroom in a very exciting way. And until we do that, we'll have these two separate tracks that we really need to begin to think harder and harder about how to merge. And the other two tracks that are happening are these grassroots tracks that are happening and then the institutional tracks that are changing. We have many institutions who are now engaging in open educational resources, open courseware, open video. And again, the question is, how do we begin to make that much more pervasive, as opposed to just a few examples that are out there in society? (laughs) Um, and And just one last point I want to make. As we enter this world, one of the biggest pieces is not only about producing and putting out great content, but it's really about discoverability and use. And that the end user, the person searching the internet who's trying to find that gem can find that gem of what they're looking for, whether it be an audio, a video, text, course materials. And this has been a problem that's really plagued the field. This was certainly an area that when we explored the field five years ago to figure out where you could make a contribution to the landscape, what we saw was that there were many gems out there, but the gems were very, very difficult to find. And still there are many gems out there, but for the average teacher or the average faculty who may not have the kind of time that we hope, to be able to find those gems is still very difficult. Uh, We've been working with uh, an internet search company, um, Google in particular, but it can be other internet search uh, companies as well to begin to address (coughs) these issues of usability and discoverability. So we will be creating an archive with CC Learn, Creative Commons Learn, which focus will be on the teaching and learning aspects of open educational resources and compiling a database of open URLs. And in the next four weeks or so, we want to compile a minimum of 5,000 URLs. We want to have 10,000 ideally within perhaps two months. And they will begin to create a OER search so that when you type in what you're looking for, whether it be algebra, you can have it sorted across different categories, and we'll be relying on the Open Educational Resources community to help identify (coughs) what those categories are. Are they video? Are they audio? Are they courseware? Are they lesson plans? Are they translations? And um, so there's engineer at Google who's very excited about this. They spend a percentage of their time on this. But this database will actually be used across. So if Yahoo wants to pick it up or MSN wants to pick it up, we'd be able to do that across the platforms. So once we identify the specifications of what we want, um, I'll be sure that I'm in touch with Peter, and Peter can certainly send it out to the list of everyone who's here. What we'd love you to do is just go in and populate some great URLs so that we have the full range of content as an early beta for this um, site. And this will obviously be corrected and used over time, but the idea is that as a, ve- as a first step, we still don't yet have a way to find the high quality content of open educational resources. It's still dif- difficult to find and to search. Um, and one step at a time, once we have this uh, piece underway and figured it out, then we can begin to move on to other pieces about recommendation systems and being able to kind of add the lens of the different viewers who use the open content. So with that, I'd just like to welcome you here. i particularly like to thank Peter. I know it's been an enormous amount of work uh, putting this uh, meeting together and they're always engaging, so we're delighted to be here. Thank you.